Namaste and Hari Om. This is your host, Kishore Trivedi, welcoming you to today's episode of Know Your Dharma program on Radio Naira. As you know, this radio program is part of Know Your Dharma initiative of the Hindu Society of North Carolina. And the past recordings of these audio clips can be found on the KYD tab of hsnctemple.org website, website on the bottom table. Today, I'm very happy to introduce our guest, Dr. Ram Krishnamurti. Ramji, will you please introduce yourself briefly to our listeners? Yes. Um, again, thank you very much for this opportunity. Um, my name is Ram Krishnamurti. Actually, it's Ramana Raidan. And uh, I'm an associate professor of chemistry at the Scripps Research Institute. We have lived in San Diego for more than 20 years now. And... Uh, you know, we have a family here and also connections back in India that we try to keep alive through, you know, our Sanatana Dharma. Very good. The topic today is the 68th Pontiff, His Holiness Sri Chandrasekhar Saraswati Swamigal of uh, Kanchi Kamakoti Pitam. Ramji, please tell us more about this great soul. Okay, let me start with a prayer to him. Shruti Smriti Purana Nam. Alayam Karunalayam Namami Bhagavat Pada Shankaram Loka Shankaram Apara Karuna Sindhum Nyanadam Shantarupinam Namami Chandrasekaram Guru Budanvaham Jagadguru Sri Chandrasekar in the Saraswati Mahaswamigar was born in Virupuram on 20th May 1894. Virupuram is a small village in Tamil Nadu. His name as he was born was given Swaminathan Sharma, Swaminathan. And the name that he took upon becoming the head of the Kanchi Mart was Chandrasekharendra Saraswati. The Kanchi Kamikoti Pitam has always this Indra Saraswati as their uh, title. So the name was Chandrasekhara combined to give Chandrasekharendra Saraswati. He was affectionately called Mahaswamigal and he was, uh, he was adorning the Pitam from 13th, 1907, at the very tender age. So that's a very, very tender age for such a big responsibility. How did he cope with it? This, you know, brings us to the traditions of the Mat and traditions of India. There were very learned people in the Kanchi Kaumakoti Mat who trained him and Mahaswamigal spent several years in the study of scriptures under their guidance and Dharma and Shastras and acquainted himself with the role as the head of the mud. You know, the, they are not the ordinary sannyasis that you would see. They are treated almost like kings because they are the head of the special mud that was founded by Adi Shankaracharya. To, but to his millions of devotees, he was simply known as Periva or Mahapiriva, Mahaswami or Paramacharya. And so generally when people say Periva in, you know, in India or elsewhere, the first picture that comes to our mind is Chandrasekhar in the Saraswati. In fact, yeah, I, I remember visiting the Mutt and seeing the uh, his, uh, I think it was his bust there at the at the Mutt, right? Uh, yeah. How long was he the head of the Mutt and what all did he do? So, um, Mahaswamigal was the Mutt head for about 87 years. Um, though he did hand over the reins to the junior Mutt much earlier. Uh, he acquired, you know, under his guidance, the Mutt really acquired a new direction, a new uh, strength and vigor. And, you know, 
the fervor and the intensity with which shri mahaswami you know practiced the advaita philosophy not only the advaita philosophy he was you know he there are many instances where he you know uh, was a savior for many other traditions as well within the hindu dharma um he was very important you know with the importance that he gave for veda adhyayana and preservation of the vedas was first and foremost the age old traditions and everything he really wanted to keep them alive and referred to his in most of his talks and he also took padayatra pilgrimage from place to place to meet with the people to be in touch with the people and to make them aware of the traditions of the mata and he uh, twice undertook pilgrimages from uh, rameshwaram to varanasi kashi in north and as per the tradition of the uh, pitam said by adi shankara he walked throughout by the foot or by the traditional palanquin which he gave up you know later in the stage and he stood by the national sentiments because it was during the you know when he came it was 1907 and there of course was the freedom movement and the struggle and he always kept that in mind and he always guided people in their nationalistic you know or in, in the independence towards that keeping the dharma the vedas and the tradition in mind and he was very much instrumental in keeping the veda patashalas and through the veda rakshana nidhi uh, that was first and foremost in his mind all the time um he regular he organized very regularly sabhas or conferences which included discussions of art culture you know everything within the context of the vedic religion and he also invited people from international countries like thailand indonesia burma which had lot of indian traditions you know in their culture as well uh, he advocated very, you know he was very simple and simplicity was his you know uh, main goal in life he was um, you know um, uh, shunned extravagance and he was always you know though he was such a learned scholar he could speak in simple languages that attracted both the scholars and the layman alike and it was always with rich in understanding and always compassionate in its delivery he delivered it with great humor as well as great acumen so that he could relate to what the audience was able to understand or not and finally he attained moksha and kanchipuram itself on 8 january 1994 on krishna dwadashi day yeah in fact uh, it is sort of accepted that he was a jivan mukt and therefore he would attain vidya mukti upon his uh, passing away uh, yep. can can you elaborate more on mahaswamika's teachings yes um first and foremost he was of the you know complete conviction that the sanatan dharma was the true and first eternal religion that has morphed into various forms in the world and i'll give you a very small example of california which he uses in his talks so california is actually according to him kapilaranya so kaliparnia the l and p changed and became kapilaranya and to that effect he points out to certain geographical locations here i will not go into detail due to time but he, you know that such was his conviction he would pick up on many things between the different religions and point out to the commonalities and he would argue that the eternal religion was the sanatana dharma that is not conditioned by space time or object the other thing that he always emphasized to 
our own indian culture indian people as well as foreigners was that we do not have many gods it is one god in many forms that we worship for example he would use the example of um you know how a same person is called by different um uh, adjectives because of his relation you can be the father you can be the uncle you can be the grandfather at the same time but you are still the same person so based on the roles and duties assigned the gods get different names and forms but the god is still one another thing because of these two concepts he really did not encourage any conversion between religions with, even within the hinduistic uh, beliefs or from outside as well so he said if you stick to your own religion that itself will take you to the ultimate goal of attaining god because if you do change you are not only you know giving up your old religion and their belief you are not even true to the concept of god because then you are believing in two different gods one is you know subverted to the other so his conversion to another religion he said concert god with whom you you have worshiped the previous day or you know going to do it the next time as well uh, again he was very particular about sticking to traditions even without you know with, within the smartha tradition or the vaishnava tradition he would not want them to take each other's tradition just because they liked it he said you are born in the tradition maintain the tradition and that itself will take you to the holy path and take to god himself another thing he was very particular about was doing the duty according to the varnashrama dharma and also the concept of ishta devata where he said there is this panchayatana puja and adi shankara kept six forms of worship as the main at that time one was kaumaram based on kumara or skanda or murugha the other was or kartikeya is famously known in the north the other was saura which is surya shaiva which is based on shiva then it is um, vaishnava which is based on vishnu and then based on amba or gauri so he said you know all these are ishta devatas that you should follow for tradition but try not to give up your own tradition that you are in born in and this is exactly what krishna also says in the bhagavad gita and he quotes bhagavad gita quite often to you know support his arguments and then he one of the things that he emphasizes is the devotion to god and prayer and he says that if god is all knowing and all pervading the question then becomes why should we even pray to god and the question is not for the sake of praying to god for getting things but praying for the peace of mind by telling our troubles to someone whom we trust he says that we our mind will get lightened and that lightening of the mind in terms of you know the load being lifted allows us to go to what is called chitta shuddhi cleanliness of the mind in which god himself the paramatma will be able to um uh, appear or manifest in a way that will help you in your spiritual growth and he also worried very much about the education and the social service that is being done today education for the sake of just acquiring knowledge he said that it must also lead to humility if it does not lead to humility and rightness of conduct then such education he said is is useless and the social service that also should be done should not be with any ulterior motives of either conversion or gaining something from the people you help it must be 
a purposeless help where the only purpose would be to help the person in their need and not expect something else later and these all con- you know contribute to what he called the path of good life to you know realize our mistakes not repeat them and then keep our mind true to god by devotion and prayer and you know good education and service to the society that will take us and you know prevent us from you know the slip and rise to the noblest highest of virtue that human kind is capable of in fact this is what the upanishad calls shreyas right shreyas versus prayas exactly yes yes exactly uh, and then there was this famous bhajan that he uh, composed uh, maitri bhajan yes this was actually when ms subalakshmi was invited to give a concert at the united nations in 1966 so she approached his holiness parmacharya and asked for his blessings and benedictions in at that time he composed this maitri bhajata a bhajan that became quite famous and it's almost like a national prayer today in india where you know it, it was sung to such a um, welcome by ms balakshmi and i hope we can also have a clip here you know uh, during the uh, session or people can watch it on youtube where ms balakshmi the original recording of ms balakshmi singing there is available and it's a really marvelous um, example to see how um, the hindu sanatana dharma tradition in india has offered this love to eternal love to the world and a message to mankind to shun you know wars unnecessary wars and keep peace and be happy so should we play that uh, uh, maybe a little clip you know just to give the flavor yeah so you know. let let us start right now and then do in the second second part yes. so don't yes. go away we'll be right back after a short commercial break 